This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb. 101.9 Chai FM. This is Soul to Soul on a Friday afternoon here in a beautiful Johannesburg. A little bit cool, a little bit fresh, but it's a beautiful, wonderful day. Thank the Rebbeinu that we zeche to have such a wonderful day. And welcome to all of you and, and thank you for being part of our radio family. This is, as I say, the Friday afternoon edition of of soul of soul to soul and we hope that uh, you will you will enjoy it it's a great pleasure to be with you to be your host on 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 this show and it is Shabbos Kodesh Pashas Bahaloischa beautiful pasha very dramatic one of perhaps one of the most dramatic pashas in 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 the in the Torah where Moshe Rabbeinu faces a a a, a crisis of, of 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 leadership and and makes the most the most dramatic uh, a speech that uh, that really uh, underscores what a leader's responsibility is is for the Jewish uh, for the Jewish for the Jewish nation. Um, what I wanted to just sort of just pick up on on uh, on an idea is yeah one one of the main topics uh, in in this week's parsha is unfortunately the 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 uh, unfortunate uh, chapter in our history that occurred. When some of the uh, of the Jewish nation so became with uh, became dissatisfied with the miraculous man that uh, that they were given and they, which they ate every single day and and they desired and they desired uh, meat and we're going to talk about that in a minute but we're coming up to to an ad break so we'll take that first and then we'll we'll get into a little bit about the discussion of meat. Anyway, this is 101.9 Soul to Soul on a Friday afternoon. Please stay tuned. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb. 101.9 Chai FM as we started before before the break. So Chai so unfortunately wanted meat. They were dissatisfied with the with the uh, man. So Hashem responds to them and the Pasuk, Pasuk says, so he says to them, tells Moshe, El tell the nation, prepare yourself for tomorrow, and you will eat meat. Why? Because you cried in Hashem's ears, saying, Who's gonna, if only you'd give us meat, was better in Mitz, in, uh, in Mitzrayim. And uh, Hashem will give you, Hashem will give you uh, 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 all the meat that you could uh, that you could want. Rashi, interesting. Rashi comments on the word on on these words. Hiskachu, prepare yourself. Hazminu atzmochem lepronius. Prepare yourselves for this punishment. And he brings a pasuk to uh, to to uh, to bring to bring that uh, bring that out. And and the uh, the unklus and the medrash also explain the pasuk in the same way. This is they're being told to prepare themselves for 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 what is going to what is going to uh, uh, come. And this is a very very strange uh, uh, issue because firstly, first of all, we find many many other instances, unfortunately, where the Jewish nation, uh, uh, even even that particular generation, even the Dora Midbar. Uh, uh, were were punished and and sometimes quite quite uh, severely. Uh, we'll see it by by Kairach's, uh, revolt. We'll see after after the whole episode of the uh, of the of the Moragim. 
by by Leilon, by by Kivrois uh, Hatava. Uh, yet we don't find in any of those situations that the punishments were kind of like preempted with an, an instruction to the Jewish nation of Israel: prepare yourselves for for punishment. What what was so unique about this avera? And, and the punishment that it's, it needed to be brought about in such an unusual, unusual way with, with, uh, with preparation. Another question that we need to, uh, uh, ask, okay, so they were told to prepare themselves. How in fact did they prepare themselves for this punishment and, and, and thereby fulfill HaKadosh Baruch Hu's, uh, HaKadosh Baruch Hu's in, uh, in, uh, in, 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 in instruction. So the, the Psukim actually go on and tell us the administration of this, of this punishment. And uh, it says that uh, Hashem is going to give them uh, a wind came out and, and it blew these, uh, these uh, slav all, all over and they ate it that day and the next day and they gathered up this, uh, this slav, this, this quail. Each person took uh, at least 10 chomers and uh, then, unfortunately, the meat was still between their teeth, and and uh, then they, then they were punished, and uh, and uh, Hashem's kind of uh, flare, Hashem's anger flared against uh, flared against the the, uh, the the nation, and the 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 meat actually says it piled up. It says Ucha Amosayim It was uh, two two cubits. Which was above the earth, in other words, the the these uh, quail were kind of floating at the height of a man's like a man's chest, so that they wouldn't have any kind of difficulty in gathering. They shouldn't have to never bend down and 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 pick them and pick them up. You didn't have to bend over. It was sort of you could catch it without even having to to bend to bend uh, to bend at all. So this 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 nace this miracle that that Rashi is uh, describing it that the, the the quail was floating in the air so that the people didn't even have to didn't have to uh, bend down when they so it's it's quite a surprising thing because it it seems like completely and totally un, unnecessary and since Hashem doesn't make nisim Hashem doesn't make miracles without a a good a good reason we need to understand. Why? Why was this part of the punishment? Why was it so important for the people to be able to gather the quail without any kind of effort whatsoever? Besides that, the 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 Chiskuni makes a a, a calculation that uh, when the pasuk uh, works out how much quail came, so the Chiskuni says that the the quantity that uh, that uh, Hashem Gave them, and that they each gathered is a, a, a ten chomers. So he says that's approximately equivalent to three hundred so, which is a a a, a tremendous, a tremendous um, amount. Uh, 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 the sheer attract according to Chaim Noah, a saw is about twenty nine liters. So ten chomer would then be two thousand four hundred. And eighty-seven liters, and as the Chizkuni points out, this was it says that the, the the minimum person gathered 
gathered uh, 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 ten much. There were, there were, and that was that was says that was gathered by the uh, by the lazy and the and the disabled uh, 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 people, and and it doesn't even begin to tell us the quantities that were gathered by the healthy people, by the industrious people, by the people with lots of lots of kaya. How much did they go around? And, and yeah, that that's an unfathomable uh, amount amount. And and uh, why did Hashem kind of overwhelm them with so much so much of the of the uh, of the quail? And one more, since we're asking punishments, we'll uh, ask one more punishment, uh, one more question. Uh, the Gemara Bab takes us also mentions the 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 quail, but in a kind of very very interesting. Uh, uh, context. The, the Gemara says, "I think Amrav Yehuda Amarav Kol Masha Osa Avram Lamalchi Asharis." Everything went, when when the three angels visited Avram Avinu, everything that he did himself, so Hakadosh Baruch Hu did for the Jews by by uh, by uh, by him by himself. For for example. He says, uh, and, and carries on everything that, that Hashem did for them by means of, of a shaliyah, by means of someone else. So, Akarish Baruch Hu did for his children through also, through, uh, through, uh, through a shaliyah. For example, the Gemara says that, uh, that, uh, Avram ran to the, to the, uh, to the oxen, right? And, uh, therefore, if Avram himself went and get the animals, so, by, by the, by the slav, it says, Hashem. Hashem himself delivered and blew the quail to the, uh, to the, uh, to the Jewish, to the Jewish nation. So the, the, the Mephoshim on the Medrash point out that, that the, uh, the, the culmination of the whole incident of the, of the quail and the terrible punishment was, it says, Hashem really uh, smote a very, very mighty blow against, against the, the people. So it says, it doesn't make sense. If we're saying that uh, as a reward for everything that Avram did for the Malachim, so Hashem reciprocated that, uh, that he did it, that he did it for, for, for ourselves. So how can it be that, yeah, uh, for Avram, it turned out to be such a wonderful thing. And, and here, it, Hashem kind of really, really exerted himself and, 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 uh, so to speak, <laughs> repaid the Jews with this terrible, terrible kind of a, kind of a, kind of a punishment. So I think in order to understand the whole, the whole sugya, so we have to go into the, a little bit, into the the midora, into the uh, dysfunction of of the human of the human character that that brought about this uh, this ultimately terrible uh, punishment on the Jewish on the Jewish uh, on the Jewish nation. The pasuk says uh, uh, that uh, it's in in in, Mish, in Mishlei that derech otzel kamashachas that the the path of the of the lazy is like a path fenced with thorns, and the way of the upright is is straight. So the path of the that the of the lazy people is full of thorns, and the way of the of the tzaddikim is to go is to go uh, to go straight. And uh, so the Medrash says on this pasuk, the who's the lazy? That's referring to Esav. 
Esav is similar to a thorn that has become entangled in a whole bundle of wool. If you try to extract it from there, it's going to catch. Uh, it's going to catch all over the 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 wool. So too, uh, one cannot escape the uh, the uh, the plotting of Esav, the plotting of of the Yetzirah, without it costing money. You get entrapped there. You're, it's so impossible to get uh, to get uh, to get out. So what he means is that the uh, the the Medrash explains that the comparison to a thorn bush uh, uh, attached to a, bu- a bundle of wool. So that that comparison is made because he says the the Romans, which is personified by by Esav, so constantly imposed all kinds of taxes and things on Kaiser, and as soon as they had finished paying sort of one tax, so immediately they hit them with another with another uh, with another another tax. So interesting that that, that the Chazal understood this this reference to a, a fence of thorns as referring to to Esav. So that actually uh, uh, makes sense. But how does that connect to lazy people? Well, how, how do we understand that lazy people are are like a, a fence of, uh, of thorns? Because that, that kind of really has implied that Esav has some kind of connection to the media of, uh, of laziness. And although we understand, of course, that, that Esav is, is, is wicked. So, well, where do we see that uh, Esav was was lazy. That doesn't seem. To, that doesn't seem to be something that is uh, so obvious. Certainly, from from the pesukim. <laughs> On the contrary, in fact, uh, the Torah describes Esav as being Isha de Atzayid. He was a hunter and a, and a successful one at uh, at at that. And, and hunting is hard work. You have to run and chase and and kind of uh, be very uh, nimble and very and very daring and and run after these uh, and and kind of very very uh, dedicated and uh, and and relentless. All all which are good. Uh, a good character, character traits, and they don't seem to fit at all with the concept of uh, of of uh, of laziness that are that are negative, that are negative traits. So the aside seems to be in a little bit of a deeper understanding of of the mida of atzlas of the made of the mida of of uh, of laziness. Later on, in uh, in Mishle, in in uh, pasuk Chavav, there's a there's a pasuk that. Uh, that talks that talks about that it says that the uh, uh, a door turns on its hinge, and the lazy man turns on his bed. The lazy man buries his hand in the plate, but it does not have strength to return it to to his mouth. So, the, what these psukim are really saying is that. Uh, uh, laziness can reach kind of I don't know say such such kind of epic uh, uh, proportions, even to to the extent that a person can actually become so lazy he doesn't even have the kayak, doesn't even have the energy, doesn't have the the desire to put uh, to put food in his mouth. He actually can't be bothered to raise his hand up and put the food in his in his uh, in his house. How does a person get to such a level of 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 uh, behavior? So. The the only way one can one can do that is if one becomes totally completely self centered. This kind of egocentricity that 
that turns the atza, the lazy person, he, he's kind of views himself literally as the center of the world. Everything else only is there to serve to serve uh, him. And in this kind of feeling of, of, of entitlement of that, the whole world has to serve him, will, will bring him to expect others to do his work for him. Well, he rolls over in, in bed and grabs another hour of, uh, of, uh, of, of shlof. And to even reach the point where he actually cannot bring himself to feed himself because he's in the belief well, why isn't someone else? Why isn't someone else taking care of me? Why isn't someone else feeding me? And I'll actually uh, die of of, uh, of of starvation. But this, of course, doesn't be uh, 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 stop him necessarily from being uh, uh, proactive and even sometimes from being very, very active, of course, when it comes to do something that he wants to do. Right? A lazy person is only is only lazy sometimes. A lazy person will have no problem, I don't know, taking action if that action brings him towards uh, something, or getting or, or achieving something that he wants, that he wants to achieve. Even though he can't bring himself to take even minimal action towards doing what he needs to do. Because if I am the center of my own little personal universe, so I believe that taking care of my needs is someone else's job, someone else's obligation of all those around me that have to, that have to do it. And that he should be free to then run after and pursue his own, his own desires, such as, let's say, in, in Aesop's case, being a hunter, going around and, 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 and uh, pursuing his, uh, his sport or whatever else it is that he so desires he so desires to do. This this uh, kind of almost dysfunctional behavior can be seen in, in Esav. How do we see it? So when he sells the the, the Bechira, when he sells the birthright to uh, to ya- Yaakov for what? A, a pot of uh, a pot of soup, a pot of a pot of lentils. And Esav tells Yaakov, ah, says, Give me, pour down for me. Some of this, some of this red stuff into my mouth, because I am, I am tired. And the Gemara says, the Gemara Babasha says that uh, uh, on that particular day, so Esav had committed five very of the most serious avarice that a person can uh, can have. And thank God, but for those things, he had had plenty of of energy and plenty of kaya. But when it came to feeding himself, he feels that it was absolutely justifiable to just open his mouth and request that his you know his little his little baby brew his his younger his younger brother actually spoon feed him because he was just too tired to do it to do it himself. <laughs> That's totally completely outrageous. So so that that really uh, uh, tells a lot about a person who views others as having no other purpose but but to uh, to serve him, which of course is the epitome of of uh, egocentricity. Now, with this understanding, we can begin to understand uh, our, our, our pasha. So, Klaisel, when they were in, in living in the in the in the, in the midbar, so. They they had ideal circumstances. They had circumstances that enabled them to literally to be free of any worry, of any other pursuits, of any other things. They could sit and they could learn Torah and they could be involved in ruchnius in in a unique fashion that would never ever happened again in the in any other generation. 
right? All of their physical needs were by Baruch Hanes were miraculously provided by the Ananiya covered, right? Their, their clothing was was washed. They, they, they were shielded from 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 all the all the elements. Uh, the, the roads were straight. Didn't have to climb mountains or go down valleys. Everything was was straight. Uh, uh, the food was miraculously laid on all the time. Their food never. Their clothing never needed uh, uh, replacing. There was plenty of water. The water traveled uh, with them. That was that was uh, courtesy of the uh, of the bear of of uh, of, uh, of Miriam and and the mun, which of course is what they started off uh, uh, complaining uh, about, was something that they received for free. Literally opening their door every every night, you know, delivered every 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 morning, fresh and 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 beautiful, and it tastes like anything they want. It was the most amazing and wonderful food, and their bodies and 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 it nourished them, and and it didn't leave any uh any uh any waste any waste product. That there was nothing to stop them from being able to spend every moment of their of their day learning learning Torah. But there there was one area in their lives where they could have perhaps considered the man as 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 lacking. Because the, the Medrash tells us that although the man could assume the taste of whatever food the poor person wanted it to, it still what did it look like? It looked like a white coriander seed. And that really was that really was the main the main complaint that they had. That they, they said, all we have to do, all we'd look at is all we'd look at is the man. And and the and the and the Gemara tells us that the the greatest pleasure that a person has from food is seeing the appearance of a food. And as if a person is blind, so then he will not be totally satisfied by by his uh, by his uh, by his food. So the Gemara says that they were complaining about the fact that they couldn't derive the maximum pleasure from their food because the man did not take on the appearance of the steak that they wanted. They wanted it to eat. We're going to come back and finish this up and go into our our discussion of training children regarding Shabbos. But we need to take go to the shops. This is one one point nine soul to soul, and this is the greatest. Jewish radio station in all of Africa. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb. One one point nine Chai FM. So just to finish off this idea, so I mean, it's a ridiculous complaint. They couldn't see the food, but of course, there was a very simple solution. You want to have meat? The Jews were wealthy. The Jews had plenty of their own cattle. All they needed to do was shecht a few of their own uh, of their own animals and they could have made the most wonderful uh, bride place in, 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 the, in, in the world. But they didn't do it. Why? Because they were so profoundly lazy. They couldn't bring themselves to, uh, to, uh, to do it. This is Sekain uh, 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 points out that they said, Who's going to feed us Meat. Uh, they didn't say who's gonna give them meat to eat. They said who's gonna feed it to them. They was had such a lack of motivation to do anything. We're not gonna go prepare the meat. We're not gonna go shechtin because then we have to do it ourselves. No, we want to sit here and we want to be fed the, the 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 meat. So therefore, Hashem, you want you want to be so absolutely lazy? Fine. 
Hashem serviced them that way. Hashem made the man float at at chest at chest level, so that uh, each and every person could take as much as you want without any level. And uh, and uh, Hashem did it in such a way that uh, that that even they would realize that this was <laughs> totally and completely uh, uh, excessive. That they were they were really they were they were. On, on a path of, of complete and total self, self, uh, self-destruction. And therefore, Hashem told them, prepare themselves for punishment. In other words, think about what had brought upon them this punishment. Their total lack of appreciation of the value of doing anything, of preparing anything. You know, you don't prepare the meat, you don't want to prepare anything that's going to be fed. Prepare yourself for this, for this, uh, for this, uh, for this punishment. So, uh, how does this relate to Avram? So, although they got this, this makaraba was a terrible, terrible, painful thing, but the fact that Hashem taught them this lesson at this point was for them a tremendous, tremendous chesed. Why? Because it, it arrested that whole, that whole process. And it, it kind of stopped them in their, in their, in their tracks and the rest of Klaiso from continuing down this path of the, uh, of the of the lazy person, and therefore understandable that this was considered a payback for Avram's kindness. That Hashem did the kindness of of preparing them, of at least showing them the the the, the folly of their ways, the stupidity of what they were of what they were doing. So hopefully they could learn they could learn the lesson and uh, and and um, and pick themselves up. And, and it's something that's that's relevant to us. We live in a, in a world in a society, yeah, where things are are easy, and you can press buttons and and things happen, and and it can sometimes, God forbid, have the uh, the effect. Of, of making us lazy, of expecting too much and expecting others to be the providers for us. And, and, and the punishment that Klaisal received here was, was an indication to them and, and, and a lesson to them that we have to always prepare ourselves. We have to be prepared to make the effort, to make the investment, to put our, to put our, our really our, our heart and our mind into everything we do. And Bez Hashem, in so doing, then we can really get the reward and see after Shemaya that we need to be able to accomplish whatever it is that, that is important in our, in our, uh, in, in our lives. We were talking last week about uh, the concept of of uh, of training children uh, from and and to try to stop them from uh, from doing things that they uh, that they shouldn't they shouldn't uh, do that and, and we said that that uh, the way the way it comes out that let's say if uh, an adult sees child uh, doing something uh, that is prohibited let's say by 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 Torah law, it's an isidoraisa. For instance, God forbid, uh, he wants to turn on a a light on on Shabbos, or uh, he wants to you know I don't know, clean his clothing or something like that, or God forbid, eat food that is uh, uh, by 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 Torah law uh, uh, forbidden. So the adult is obligated to to stop him from doing from doing that avera. But if it's just a question of a of an drabonon, you see a child doing something that is only at the end of the day uh, an isachachamim, uh, even to the extent of uh, he wants to have a, a chicken and cheese sandwich, which is a terrible thing, but at the end of the day it's only a, a, a drabonon, or he wants to play with something that is, uh, that is maybe muktzah on, uh, on Shabbos, which again is, uh, is only 
a a a Torah a a, a rabbinic a rabbinic uh, prohibition. So then it's not as uh, it's not as severe, and and the parent would not necessarily have to uh, have to uh, stop have to stop him from 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 doing it. But obviously, uh, it 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 then becomes the the necessity of the uh, of the of the of the father to start a conversation with the child. Obviously, if if the child is doing it again and again, he does the same prohibition over over and over again, and it's 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 running the risk of becoming something that is uh, you know going to become consistent a part of his character. So then, even if it is a, 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 a only a David Rabbanon, so it's it's you should, even if you're not the child's parent, you should tell his parents about that because it's just going to become entrenched in his in his character, and that's that can never be that can never be a good a, a good uh, a good thing. If it's we're, we're talking about Ben Adam Lachavero things, interpersonal things, let's say God forbid a a child is going to hurt someone or or cause uh, damage to to someone else's uh, 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 property. So then, obviously, anyone who sees that is required to stop the child in order to uh, to stop, God forbid, an injury or any kind of or any kind of damage, because that is already a a a, a mitzvah says of hashava saveda of of uh, returning to a person a lost a lost item or if something is about to be lost by being damaged or or broken then that's the same thing that 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 falls under the under the letter of uh of Ashe you have to return so in the same way as if you find something that someone has lost you have to return it to him so too if something is about to be lost to a person by by and by a wanton action certainly one has to uh, one has to stop him so and and certainly one can draw an inference on that that uh that uh if uh, if you're going to yeah damage anyone's property you have to you have to stop it and that would even fall under the category of don't stand by while your friend is being is being uh, is being damaged we're going to come back with a few closing comments uh, this is 101.9 Chai FM. Please don't run away. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb. 101.9 Chai FM. We are back. Just, uh, I forgot, at the last uh, ad break to give you the important details for this Shabbos. They said it's Shabbos Pashas Baha The important times for this Shabbos, the latest possible time for lighting uh, Shabbos candles this this week is 5.06. 5.06 is the uh, the latest time you have to have it done before. You can do it as early as 4.17. 4.17 is the earliest possible time if you're going to be going away for Shabbos, whatever it is, or going out for Friday night. That's the earliest time. Uh, Shabbos Kodesh ends tomorrow night at 5.57, three minutes to to uh, 6 o'clock. We're getting to the very, very uh, uh, shortest uh, weeks of the uh, of, of, of the year. Beautiful after this week, after of Rani Vesimchi, of the vision of, uh, of of the Malach and, 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 and the Menorah, which fits so beautifully with this uh, this week's uh, this week's Pasha. Um, right, so we were saying that that uh, even as a independent ob- observer, even if you're not the the, ch- the parent of a child, 
anytime you see the child about God to do something that would be injurious to someone else or, or to their, to their property. So you have to, you have to do what you can to, to stop them. <laughs> Obviously, we need to make the point that when we talk about educating a child and starting to get him used to the concept of doing mitzvahs. So obviously, it's a process. I mean, uh, any parent who is going to expect a, a six or seven-year-old child to sort of take on all the mitzvot, they'll be doing everything and, and, and coming to shul at, uh, I don't know, as soon as it starts, Shabbos morning at 8 o'clock, whatever, and, and sitting in shul and being part of it for the whole... I mean, it's, it's a totally unrealistic uh, expectation, but we have to start and have a plan and, 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 and develop it, you know, throughout the formative years from the time the child is six or seven till, till working towards his bar mitzvah to incrementally add and increase and, and, and keep on, on doing more until by the time he becomes a, a, a bar mitzvah and will become responsible. He's now fully, uh, fully competent and fully aware of, of what, uh, of what, uh, he needs, of what he needs to and so that he can uh, do it by the time he's, uh, he's bar mitzvah. And children who, uh, who, uh, reach to, to the end of bar mitzvah and, and having a clue, uh, as to what is going on in shul and what do we do on Shabbos morning, uh, obviously have missed the boat. Obviously they, they've missed a few stages. You know, maybe they were trained to say brachot and, and, and do davening, but they weren't given the, the course of, uh, what happens in Jewel and, 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 and staying in and learning to be part of the, of the service, which is a vital part of, of the education, of the education, uh, of a, uh, of a, of, of a child. Um, what we need to discuss, uh, next is, okay, what, so, so we, we've learned about what you have to, uh, what you have to stop a child, uh, from doing, but, uh, we need to discuss. Okay, what happens if a child goes and does something that he thinks his uh, his parents want him to do? Let's say, for example, uh, it's getting dark. The, whatever for the, the the time switch has uh, has mal has malfunctioned, and uh, you know, that he knows that his parents like to sit and read, and you know uh, he knows that it would please them to to have the lights the lights on and of course uh, a child naturally wants to please his parents so he wants to go and turn it on so we're going to learn that obviously it's it's, it's obligatory for the for the parents to to protest and and stop him from doing that and, and not allow him to lie to uh, to turn on the 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 light because that is part of a a parent's obligation uh, is to educate the child to to keep to keep the, the, the mitzvahs and and it works on both sides of the scale. On the one hand, to educate him to do the things that he's supposed to be doing, to train him to to kind of get him familiar with the performance of mitzvahs, but at the same time to, to stop him and withhold him from doing things that he's not not allowed to uh to uh to, to do. And even if the child uh, is is uh is less than uh, three, which is generally considered the minimum, the the minimum age where we start to educate children. That's where children have uh, get their get their uh, you know, their chaluka. They they get their upshare and they 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 lose the the you know, the extra hair of of the impetuousness of being a baby. And we can begin a little bit to train them to stop doing uh, uh, averus. So 
You know, when, certainly if we're talking about Shabbos, so it, it's a, it's a serious issue. Breaking Shabbos is is a very very uh, a serious issue, and therefore the halacha becomes more serious in our obligation to stop others from breaking from breaking uh, Shabbos. That as long as the uh, as long as the child understands that uh, that. Uh, you know, this is if to doing something, uh, something forbidden on Shabbos will be something his parents would enjoy and uh, and and benefit from, and he's doing it for for them. So they have to stop him and say, "No, you can't, uh, you can't uh, do it," because it says that the Torah tells us that not only are you not allowed to do malach on Shabbos, but it says loisasa kom ato bincha. You and your and your children are also not allowed to do to do malacha and therefore we cannot have malacha done for us through the through the services of uh, of children of children and and even if the lights have gone out in the in the in the neighbor's house and again the child is a good natured soul who wants to help and he wants to go to the neighbor and and turn on the uh, the the light so the neighbors have to stop him and not allow them and not allow the child to do uh, to do Malacha, malacha for 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 them. So we're, we're going to carry on with this uh, discussion, but somehow before you turn around, always the uh, the time, the allotted time is uh, is up. But it's as always, it's been such a such a fun uh, privilege to to spend time with you and and have this little this little uh, conversation. So we learnt uh, a lot about today. First of all, the, this terrible meter of of laziness and how far it can reach, and how we have to prepare ourselves to 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 not fall into into that trap. And we learnt about some of the issues around stopping children who might want to in in their desire to be helpful and 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 kind of concerned for our welfare to do things for us on on Shabbos that we're not allowed to to do that so i hope again as we added a little bit of of value to your to your to your Shabbos and just want to end by thanking each and every one of you for being part of us please stay tuned we'll have the the news afterwards and then uh uh, nice, some nice Jewish music leading us into into uh, into Shabbos, and just wish you a nice warm Shabbos, warm in many ways, but time with the family, time with your with your own neshama, time to grow and and develop. And Bez Hashem will be uh, here back here next week and be able to spend a little more time learning Torah together. Thank you for being part of our family, and good Shabbos. <laughs>